Welcome to Incubator by Planet Ant Podcasts. My name is Mike McGettigan, executive producer of the network. At Planet Ant, we pride ourselves on exploring new talent and bringing new voices to the stage. So we're bringing that to the world of podcasting. We'll regularly feature six-episode short-run series commissioned exclusively for the Incubator podcast. Some of these might become full-run podcasts of their own, and some might just stay within what we're doing here. Incubator. Stick around. You might like what's next. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. So let me tell you, let me, let me yeah. tell you guys an interesting story I got here. Oh yeah, you got you have an anecdote to start us off. Yeah, got a got a little anecdote. So I like the my anecdote. With the yeah. So like Mike, uh, so I was watching the Alex Jones show the other day. Fuck. All right. For I research, for for, re- for research purposes. <sighs> sure, whatever. It's and okay. so this lady called in, right? And she was saying something about like her daughter's school's COVID protocols or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he asked what this girl's name was, and I forget what her name was, but she was like, oh, it's Jasmine or whatever. And she's like, actually, I have three kids. And then he's like, oh, what are your other kids' names? And it was like Jasmine and then something else normal. And then her son's name was Arian. A-Y-R-A-N, Arian. Ar- no, it's Aaron. No, Arian. No, no, no. Like I Aryan, think, Aryan nation. I'm sure I'm sure you can be persuaded to think that, but she spelled the Y in front of the R. That's Aaron. Or A-Y-R-A-N. Sorry. It was Ary it was Aryan. Like A-R-Y-A-N, Aryan she, is she the said, Aryan brother. She said she yes, she said Aryan. I think and it's pronounced she, And then I-Ryan. he said and then he I-Ryan. said And then she said, Oh yeah, his name's Aryan. And then he said, What was that? And she said, His name's Aryan. They disconnected the call. And then he was like, all right, on to our next caller, Patriots. Yeah, because <laughs> I like how I like how <laughs> Alex Jones is such a gutless fucking worm. He doesn't even have the stomach for the kind of people that buy his fucking drugs. Oh, God. What a no. fucking loser. Dude, I'm fucking... not going to lie. The way he markets fucking brain force, though, I got to give it up to him. Honestly, man, I would pay. $150 to watch him eat a hand, handful of Roundup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, and I love the and subliminal plugs. And not a dollar plugs. more. Not I love the subliminal more. plugs that every guest has to do on there. Like Roger Stone comes on and he's like, I'll tell you what, Alex, if I wasn't having this brain force, I would be dead right now. I like that Roger Stone has a full like tattoo of Abraham Lincoln. Or no, it's not Abraham Lincoln. I think it's Reagan. He has like a full face tattoo of Reagan. I'm gonna pull it up. This is the dumbest shit in the world. We're putting this one in the show notes. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's going in the show notes. Show me yeah, your was, fucking chest tattoo, you fucking psycho. He I was looks also like doing. A, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was I was doing some other research um, about you know our the company we're doing today, um, and I found a really interesting thing, and we'll also have to put this, um, in in the uh, in, like post a picture of it or something. Um, or the video that I found, uh, this guy had this thing called a Bayer butt bomb. Oh, I, 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 I squeezed out one of those at work today. 
yeah it's it was a it was a secret nazi weapon and they would they would give it to uh british soldiers like secretly and they would just shit their brains out like the guy in the video that i found on youtube is like pretty recent and the guy took it and he's like i'm not kidding within 10 seconds i was shitting my brains out within <laughs> 10 seconds that yeah. is that's as if somebody had shoved a fucking power washer down his throat yep it's it's as if it's almost like men today are weaker than men in world war ii were and so their organs are weaker well, speaking oh. of World War Two, men reject, oh, God, I, and reject modernity, embrace tradition. Dude, oh I, the thing God. I hate the most about Nazis is just how they're just unsufferable fucking nerds, dude. There's my huge, God, oh, I like that we've come are. full circle on this with Tyler. Tyler started out hating Nazis. There was a point in the middle there where he's like, guys, I really don't want to be the Nazi guy anymore because I think I might, they might convince me. And now he's no. like, I can't stand these people. <laughs> God, they're such nerds, dude. Like, seriously. It's, like, it's, it's okay, bud. It's okay. We'll go to a rally. We'll shove some people in lockers. It'll be fine. Uh, but first, we got to start the show. Oh, yeah, well, we, we do. We do have to do that, don't we? We, we are uh, doing a show right and now. And so I say hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Worst in the Industry, the show where this triumvirate of Antifa super soldiers attempts to sift through the cat box of history to bring forth the litter-encrusted, half-buried shames of the past in order to entertain and inform the consumers of today so we can all stop buying chocolate made by child slaves and maybe have a livable planet for our grandkids. My name is Justin St. Peter, and I am legally classified as a curmudgeon. To my metaphorical right is... Colin Stanley, and I've been having recurring nightmares about people burning to death in cars. To my right... <laughs> uh, my name's Tyler, and I met my girlfriend on Tinder. I guess you could call her my... Tinderella. We're trying to get him therapy. He refuses to go. It's, he, he keeps <laughs> dodging the net. Therapy. I don't dodging. need therapy. Uh, I just start, really need therapy. Just start crushing up fucking Zoloft and putting it in your Nalgene. It's not uh, going to work. He's on too much brain force. I'm on doing. I've, I've been taking brain way too force much brain force. Is the direct <laughs> antidote to Zoloft, dude. It's making my brain fire on all cylinders. And by I fire on all cylinders, do you mean you feel machine. like zapping in your skull and then you shit your pants? Yes, I am a machine, Colin. The hamster who is running on the wheel inside your skull is gonna fall off soon. Uh, no, I mean, it's not. No, no, no. Not if I keep taking the brain force. You're a machine in the same way that a broken hand crank egg beater is technically a machine. And you see, also, I've been taken from Alex Jones, a uh, super male vitality and. Oh, so your skin's just 100 percent red right now and nothing else Dude, has my... changed. Yeah, just I burst in blood I vessels can't... all over the place. Guys, I... it won't it won't get soft. <laughs> Your dick looks like the, the the bridge of an alcoholic's nose. Splotted so and red and puffy in all the wrong areas. <laughs> Alright, well priapism is no joke. Now together, the three of us tirelessly psychologically torture ourselves so you don't have to. And today we begin our two-parter on the subject of one of the largest conglomerates of the previous century or our own. We are beginning to talk about Bayer Aktien Gesellschaft, or Bayer AG. 
Uh, now, and as much as I, I wanted to push the, you know, the, ooh, this sounds very German, and I know there's a bunch of Nazi stuff, um, Aktien Gesellschaft is just the German word for a publicly traded company. Wow, that's incredibly boring. It's kind of boring, Justin. Yeah, yeah. I had, to, I had to sneak one of those in there. It's a fun fact. Uh, now, an inauspicious start as a dye company did not hold this company back from its true dreams, selling Zyklon B to the Nazis and making agriculture prohibitively expensive for actual farmers. Now, here to take us through the Nazi stuff, Tyler Zelensky. God damn it. Okay. Here we go again. Back on this bicycle of Nazis. So... As you all know, as you just heard, Bayer was actually <laughs> what? Colin? I'm sorry. Is he bicycle? It's, it's, it's a bicycle of Nazis. Is it is a bike that's like branded for Nazis, or is it one of those like those like fucking uh, those See, performance Colin. art pieces where all the people get together to simulate the shape of a bike, but it's just like fucking no, Mangala and Goebbels and fucking. <laughs> It's even, See, it's even better. I just keep seeing the chopper bike that Tyler had when we were 11, but with oh. just a swastika on both the wheels. Yeah, no, the wheels are a swastika. Oh, it's, it's, like a it's a Stephen really King bad villain. You're like a it's Stephen a really, King bully. Yeah, it's a really bad bike because the wheels are square. Oh, but, so you're just cutting through the pavement. Yeah, but you it's know, hey, gotta keep, gotta keep moving forward. So... <laughs> As you guys know uh, from Justin's introduction, Bayer was started as a dye company uh, in 1863. More ways than one. Yeah. And, uh, you know, throughout Germany, they kind of did their dye stuff and whatnot. Um, and then eventually they got into the pharmaceutical game in the early 1900s. Um, which basically meant that you knew how to mix deadly chemicals to make them not kill people. Or in H.H. Holmes' case, you knew how to do it often enough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Often enough. And you get your name out there. It's all marketing. It's all branding. So um, they actually did make they had a few pretty good uh, inventions. Uh, they made uh Prontosil, which was the first antibiotic, the first well, widely used antibiotic, um, which is a good thing. Um, and then their first like major, major, major product that they had was aspirin. Um, and it was made by a name, man named Charles Frederick Gerhard in uh, 1853. Um, and it was it was used very, very commonly throughout the late 1800s, early 1900s. Um, but the problem was, since it was really good at um, getting rid of people's pain, they gave it to everybody for everything, uh, which aspirin is a blood thinner. So a lot of people bled out from accidents because they gave them aspirin for the pain. And uh, that's actually a theory as to uh, what happened with Rasputin is um when he was taking care of the boy, Alexei they, Romanov, Alexei Romanov, they took him off the aspirin. And since he was anemic, he got better because they weren't giving him blood thinners all the time. Damn, they almost beat the Red Army to the punch on that one. Almost, yeah, but not quick enough. Thank uh, God. Now, rotten now, trees give out rotten fruit. 
You That's called me saying. a fascist for saying that. I, I jokingly called you a fascist. The Red Army has never done anything wrong. Anyways, cut that out, put it on record. <laughs> so we'll go with do, that. You, do you have another source for that? Or are we just going to throw the nod at last pod for that? <laughs> no, actually, no, I, I read it. Last pod. I, I, I have a book that I, I've been on and again off again reading called uh it's the fall of the romanovs i think it's called i have to double check that but it's it also puts forth that theory and describes their murder in perfect detail it's actually kind of a comedy of errors What's it's actually pretty wacky book? uh i'll you know what i'll find it i'll give it to you after the show yeah because right, cool. that Perfect. may actually just be the book that they source in last spot yeah anyway. it's a different i'd like to, think, I'd like to I think, read it i think it's a different one but yeah no, i'll give it to you cool um so then <laughs> uh Bayer trademarked and marketed from 1898 to 1910 a little thing called uh, heroin. What? Oh. oh, yeah. Are they? Yeah. So technically they like ghost wrote all those Jimi Hendrix songs. Yeah. And the cool thing is, is they marketed it as a non-addictive substitute for morphine. <laughs> Addictive hey man, I'm not addicted to heroin. I'm addicted to having a good time. <laughs> and it was used. It was used as a, a cough suppressant and an over-the-counter treatment for common ailments like pneumonia and tuberculosis. Um, which how? <coughs> Sorry, guys, got a little tickle. Yeah. Gonna... So Bayer wasn't the first company to make heroin, um, but they were the first people to really commercialize it yeah, um, they marketed it, was, it yeah it was a, it was a bayer trademark until after world war one um and bayer's director of pharmacology didn't want the drug to have a, a too complicated of a name so they settled on hillish which is the german word for heroic and if i uh completely botched that german pronunciation i apologize i am american get mad krauts get mad krauts <laughs> Fucking try us again, back to back, letting off all the people that deserve to be punished and putting them back in charge of all the things everywhere. <laughs> all right. Definitely showed you. Colin once again attempting to fulfill his mission of uh, maligning every possible audience we could. Have. They know what they did. Angela Merkel's doing the same thing to Greek people. She's just not using a fucking gun. She's using a pen. So um, then in, in 1903, um, they developed this drug that has a really, really long name that I don't want to even try to pronounce. Damn but it. it was no. Uh, OK, you know what? Diphylobarbituric acid, I really uh, which is more on that, which yeah. is more more commonly known as phenobarbital. Oh, um, yeah, which which was used as an anti-epileptic drug until the 1970s. And as of 2014, it still remains on the World Health Organization's list of essential medications because it did pave the way for uh, anti-epileptic drugs, which is a good thing. Ooh, yes, that sounds nice, though. I kind of want some of that. <laughs> oh, my God. So uh, let's get into let's get into a little bit of World War One here. Oh boy, really, just a just a little <laughs> slice of World War One today, or as oh, Bears yeah. History section would call it, World War One and its consequences. Just a little slice. <laughs> oh, I'm getting into that. Don't oh, you worry. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to jump the gun. 
Oh, I'm going to quote their entire page. <laughs> it's so, I'm so glad we found that. I'm so glad we found oh, that. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> so, uh, during World War I, uh, that's 1914 to 1918, um, Bayer's assets, including the right to its name and its trademarks, were confiscated by the United States and Canada and a couple other allied countries. Um, and in the United States and Canada... Bayer's assets and trademarks, including the well-known Bayer Cross, was acquired by Sterling Drug. Um, and it wasn't reclaimed until 1994, actually. So throughout the war, Bayer, they developed and produced a bunch of different chemical weapons. Uh, you know, not really going to get into that, but they did. Not make the this chloros- episode. No, they did make the chlorosulfate uh, rounds for the 105 millimeter artillery shell. Mm. Oh, yeah. Which was it was intended as a quote lung irritant against British forces. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> a, a lung irritant. A yeah, just a, just a, you know, it's just a slight irritation. It's not yeah, you know when you use too many Szechuan peppercorns on your chicken and it seems like you lightly maced the kitchen. Yeah, that's what this is like. Yep. Same way that bullets are acute lead poisoning. That is a lung irritant. <laughs> And uh, in 1916, the Bayer scientists discovered Suramin. It's an anti-parasite drug that is actually still sold by Bayer under the brand name Germanin. It's a little too much on the head for me. But, uh... Ayo. Ayo. So, yeah. Uh, It was kept secret by Bayer for commercial reasons. And then it was eventually kind of, you know, in 1924, they came out and said, okay, here's how you make it, just so it can be more easily produced and more readily available for people. And it is still on the World Health Organization's list of essential medicines. So let's hear what Bayer had to say about World War I. I'm going to quote, The effects of the war were devastating. The company lost most of its foreign assets in the export markets, upon which the company's further development depended, remained largely inaccessible. Bayer's Russian subsidiary was expropriated as a result of the Russian Revolution. The company's U.S. assets, including its patents and trademarks, were confiscated in 1917 and auctioned off to its competitors. Sales in 1919 amounted to only two-thirds of the 1913 figure. Inflation exhausted Bayer's financial reserves, and in 1923, Bayer did not pay a dividend for the second time in its history until 1885. Thanks to the constructive cooperation between management and the employees' representatives, Bayer made it relatively smoothly, smoothly through the uneasy years following the defeat in World War I from the November Revolution until the stabilization of Germany in 1923-24, which stabilization of Germany in 1923 and 24 is a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, the Beer Hall Putsch happened in 23. Yeah, and also, <laughs> yeah. also people were literally burning millions of fucking marks because their money was worthless and it was cheaper to burn the dollars than to actually go buy wood with it it's just like detroit yeah just like detroit fucker stole all the textures can't have shit in detroit can't have shit in detroit well actually no i i I take that back Uh, uh somebody who was in charge of detroit actually faced uh faced jail time for their crimes and then didn't get to come back can't have shit in Detroit. Bayer actually won a Nobel Prize. 1939. Yeah, we gotta stop calling them peace prizes. Oh, it's, yeah. Well, it's the Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine, so it's not the peace prize. It's a Physiology or Medicine prize. For the antibacterial effects of the prosantal drug that they had. 
And uh, the guy who won it was forced by the Nazi party to relinquish the reward. German citizens have been forbidden from accepting Nobel Prizes since the Nobel Committee had awarded the 1935 Nobel Peace Prize to the German activist Karl von Ossetsky. Ossetsky. Think? Germans are hard, man. Germans are hard. I apologize to German listeners. Don't. No. Yeah, crowds. Unless they want to, unless they want to show up and give give us fucking ket, then I don't want to fucking talk to them. Give us ket. It's a big party drug there. If you're trying to give some special K, then if you want to hang out and do ketamine and you're from Germany, email us at worstintheindustrypod at gmail dot com. All right. Uh, For legal purposes, this is a joke. So now, so now we're going to get into uh, World War Two and the Holocaust. Oh, you mean the consequences of World War One? Hey, man, completely unrelated. <laughs> World War One and its consequences. So let's talk about it. CEO of Bayer offered a public apology in 1995 to Elie Weissel for the company's actions during World War Two. I don't know if you guys had to read that book in uh, senior year of high school, but it was really depressing. What was the name yeah, of that book? Yeah, of course, you know, uh, I had Knight? to read it. We read it sitting next to each other. Yeah. Night. Yep. Fantastic yeah. book. You should read. If you don't know who uh, Eli Weissel is or Ellie Weissel, you should uh, look him up, read his books. They're fantastic. Huh. So he offered his apologies to this one person who wrote a book. I'm sorry. Yeah, not to not to Jewish people as a whole. <laughs> just to LEV just a famous one that, yeah, this just, one's just famous enough famous one. yeah <laughs> it's like apologizing to Jesse Jackson after saying the n-word it's so yeah, exactly. stupid it's so yeah. dumb <laughs> it's like if if one of those it's like if that cop that fucking killed uh, George Floyd was just like uh, hey, Al Sharpton I'm sorry. sorry Al Sharpton my B my B Al Derek so, Chauvin Piece of shit's name is Derek Chauvin. And the reason why he apologized is because Bayer used slave labor factories at built in German concentration camp, most notably at the Monowitz uh, concentration camps, also known as Auschwitz III, the Auschwitzening. The Auschwitzening? Jesus Christ. But Tyler, I thought. Or Auschwitz Bayer- Hard with a Vengeance, if you prefer that one. <laughs> uh, Auschwitz III, Auschwitz Harder? Auschwitz Hard. <laughs> that's that's so, how they do it in the Die Hard series. It was yeah, and that was part of the uh, Auschwitz camp complex in German-occupied Poland. Uh, by 1943, almost half of IG Farben's 330,000 strong workforce consisted of slave labor, including 30,000 Auschwitz prisoners. So, you you guys have all heard the uh, the stories of people getting off the cattle cars at the concentration camps. And they send people to the right for work and they send people to the left for death. Um, a lot of time when they send people to the right, uh, they were making drugs in a factory for Bayer. Because that's, you know, what you should do. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, that's that's what they're incentivized to do if there's a cheap labor source like that. I mean, it's what well, how uh, there's a there's a specific uh communique between Bayer in Germany and the commandant of one of these camps 
where uh, Bayer orders 150 women. Hey, hey, I'm getting to that. Oh, getting to that. oh, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry jumping the gun. We're full don't, of pain and suffering. Don't, don't blow your load too quickly. I'm edging, I'm edging you. Don't worry. Just don't edge relax. me about Nazis, Tyler. I'm going to edge you about Nazis until you become one, buddy. So anyway. Oh, God. There was a man. His name was Helmuth Vetter. He was an Auschwitz camp physician, SS captain, and employee of the Bayer Group with an IG Farben. And he conducted medical experiments on inmates at Auschwitz in the Mauthausen concentration camp. One study of an anesthetic company paid 170 Reichmarks per person for the use of 150 female inmates at Auschwitz. Take a wild guess for me. How much 170 Reichmarks is to U.S. dollars today? Like 50 bucks. $68. Oh, cool. I won. My price is right. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you were lower. Look at that. Guess what you win? 150 Sad, women from a concentration camp. Oh, boy. It was a six, $68 for all of them? $68 a piece. Oh, oh, that's still awful. Wait, why was why was I like, oh, that's okay, I guess. Why, yeah, that's what? that's not really any better. But well, that makes more sense than getting get such a deal. Yep. So a Bayer employee wrote to Rudolf Haas, one of the Auschwitz commandants. He said, quote, the transport of 150 women arrived in good condition. However, we were unable to obtain conclusive results because they died during the experiments. We would kindly request that you send us another group of women to the same number and at the same price. World War One and its consequences. I'm so confused, Tyler, because on the Bear History segment on the oh, website, we're getting we're getting to that, buddy. I'm sorry. We're okay, well, there's that. some contradictory information, and I'm glad we're going to get it cleared up. Because why would why would a company lie about their involvement in the Holocaust and you know like using slave labor? It's almost like this keeps happening. Why does it keep happening? It keeps happening, Tyler. Yep. So after the war, uh. Instead of dissolving Bayer, or maybe changing their name, uh, it split into six different companies in 1951, and then split again into three. I don't know how that worked, but anyway, they did that. Um, and it was at the point um, when they were Bayer AG, one of the guys, uh, Fritz Termier, and he was an IG Farben director and a Nazi party member who directed operations at the IG Farben plant in Auschwitz. He was sentenced in 1948 to seven years for war crimes. I bet he served all of that. <laughs> so he went in in 1948. He was released in 1950. That's not the same. Let's uh, wait, wait. Hold on. I, I, I need to get my crayons out to do this math. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, he was released two years later. And then he was elected chair of Bayer's Supervisory Board in 1956 and remained in that position until 1964. Completely I rehabilitated. I would like to be the fly on the wall for that conversation in that boardroom. They're like, well, he's learned his lesson, clearly. Yep. He well, went to we prison for two years for, you know, killing all those women. Colin, we know like how that conversation started. It started with clicking their heels together and going, yavol. 
<laughs> Heil Hitler. <laughs> well, so... I... Sorry. Go ahead. No. I was just so... going to say, I was just going to say, it's a lot like if, if when they, like, when they arrested Ted Bundy, if they let him out on good behavior, like, for realsies, and then they just made him, like, the vice president of sales at McDonald's. Like, it is unfucking real to me. Hey, don't <laughs> doubt McDonald's. Did you guys know that McDonald's chicken nuggets are made by Tyson? Yeah. Yep. Though yeah. we're doing an episode on them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna ruin chicken for you. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna ruin a lot of things. I, I'm well, working on ruining zippers for people. Yeah. There oh, are more chi- there are more chickens in the world than there are people. So invested in this zipper idea. It's so weird. It's so weird to me. It's a good one. So I'm gonna read a, a story um, from a website that I will link in the show notes. Um, and it's from this uh, city called Weisbaden in Germany. Um, and I've never heard something so horrifying and detailed uh, as to what happened to these people. And I think it would be it would be the the wrong thing to do to not read this whole this whole thing because it's it's pretty horrifying. So. March, May, and June of 1942. Some 500 Jews were deported from Weisbaden. Among them were several rabbis. The deportees were led in groups to the cities, down the city streets towards the local train station. They were loaded onto cattle cars and sent to the Lublin district in Poland. After a layover in Pajatski, these Jews were sent to Sobidor, Belzec, and Mijanek, where they were murdered. The 11th of June, 1942... More than 600 Jews from the district of Weisbaden, mostly from the city itself, loaded onto trains and deported from Frankfurt. From Frankfurt, these Jews were deported together with 600 other Jews from the Frankfurt community in the district of Lublin. Nearly 200 of them were deported to Mejadek, and the rest were sent to Solibor, following a two-day stop in Izbika. As far as this is known, no one survived this transport. By the time of the next deportation, approximately 40 Jews in Weisbaden have committed suicide using various means, but some used Bayer's Barbadol. It was an over-the-counter drug. Do you think it was fun at least? No. Do you think, do you think like the way it kills you is fun? No. Like, I mean, no. this is pretty fucking brutal, but like, can it just be like, like, you know, like, Fucking Nikki Six drinking heroin out of a fire hose. Can't it be like that? Let's uh. Oh, oh, you're gonna you're gonna look up how fucking Barbadol kills you. Okay, let's, let's, if it's let's, bad, let's I don't want to know. All right, if I'll it's tell bad, you, I'll I don't want to know. What, I'll tell you what. What a Barbadol overdose is. Tell like. me if it's good or bad. I don't want it to be bad. Like I know it's, it's gonna be bad. It's not gonna be good, Colin. It's I a know. Fucking overdose. I know. I know. I just. Just a small, at least they went out high. That's just what I want to, like a small little consolation. Like, not even a consolation, prize. I, Colin, that's I, good enough for us. It's not good enough for normal people. I know, I know. Um, from what I can see, um, you just lose consciousness and you just stop breathing. That's not too bad. That's not bad, but it's... It could be worse. 
Will you please stop trying to talk not, up Barbadol suicide? I'm not trying to talk up Barbadol. I'm just trying to, in my mind, be like, well, it was better than going to the concentration camps. So technically it, was, it wasn't it was as, like, it was awful, but they, they didn't have to be tortured, which is good. Yeah, that's what some members of the Heaven's Gate cult used. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. Well, a form so, of barbital, barbiturates, which is an extension of barbital. But yeah. yeah. So let's see what Bayer had to say about it. Oh, they're great. They, they right. own up to it. They take responsibility. Uh, they um, start paying out to uh, all the families. That would be the barest they could do without, you know, actually like, you know, stripping their company of all its assets, being liquidated. And, uh, you know, dividing that money amongst uh, all Jewish descendants of their victims, right? Because that would be that would be actually be the just thing to do and then pay it in interest because, you know, they've continued to operate for decades, decades and decades, decades after uh, after, you know, they did all that. Right. That that'd yeah, be so the you, right thing to do. You want to hear something funny is on their website. Um, they just totally skip over <laughs> between <laughs> 1939 and 1945. What? Pull a real steeper. Now, why in the world would they leave out that kind of information? Real, did I do that? So, let's read their response because it's so factual. So, it is technically factual. I'm going to quote this is direct from their website. In 1936, the National Socialist government began systematically preparing for war. When the Second World War finally broke out in 1939, the locations of the Lower Rhine Consortium were among the sites of the German industry that were considered, quote, vital to the war. Production requirements grew steadily, yet more and more employees were drafted into military service. For this reason... Foreign and forced laborers from the occupation countries of Europe were brought in to work at Leverkusen, Dormagen, Elberfield, and Udergen, and throughout the German industry as a whole, to maintain output levels. At times during these war, these laborers accounted for up to one-third of the workforce. Concentration camp prisoners were not employed in the Lower Rhine sites, which is really funny because uh, they say specifically the Lower Rhine sites. You know what wasn't in the Lower Rhine? Poland. Auschwitz. And you know what was in Auschwitz. Poland? Auschwitz. Oh, sneaky little buggers. <laughs> it's almost like a thing a kraut would fucking do. Yep, so uh, it's, uh, it's the Nazis. This that's, is what happens when you let Nazi Nazis... Stuff. Seriously, though, like, think, like I just want to say this, right? Like, we're joking, because we're, tr- we're trying. We're fucking trying, people. We're joking. And we're we're goofing. We're trying to like <laughs> we're, we're having not, a great time. Not we're having a great time. <laughs> we're trying not to think about all this awful shit uh, because we will literally drink ourselves to death if we do. Um, but it's like this is like the legitimate consequence of like you know not punishing Nazis is they keep running shit and then they start to rewrite write history. At first, it's only internal to the company they fucking own and operate. But here's the thing. The people in charge of Bayer right now, they're not Nazis. I mean, not not in the way that, like, Nazis were Nazis, where they're, like, official members of a political party. But they literally don't talk about what they did during the Holocaust and pretend like it never happened. So they're they're ideologically the same as Nazis – because they're refusing 
this essential history. That's such a huge part of fascism and its development is avoiding uncomfortable realities and uncomfortable truths and sticking only to your narrative. It's inherent to fascism and it's inherent to the corporate structure. Love it. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. So so who's next for story time? Yeah, uh, I, I believe that chemical weapons were brought up in your segment, Tyler. Uh, Colin, I think you've got a little bit of something to talk about as far as chemical weapons go. And then, uh, uh, hey, man, I'm just saying nothing ever intended for farm use only has ever been misused by a government on any continent. Ever? Period. Never. Never. For any reason. For any reason. Never happened. I will go to my grave saying that. So um, I'm my little book report is about uh, a company called Monsanto, uh, because we're not going to do a whole episode, because fuck that, uh, because they were eventually acquired by Bayer in 2018. Um, so technically, that makes them part of this story. And they are kind of – it's very interesting – because they're kind of the American, like, sister company almost. They, they're very similar in that they start out as these this chemical uh, production company that slowly becomes more evil over time. And then very quickly becomes very evil. We're going back in time. We're going back in time. There's a visual effect of sparkles fading in on a black sky and we look down onto the charred out ruin of a fucking city that is Chicago. Right after the Chicago fire, there's a small, small stunted white boy, teenager. He looks like he's dropped out of school after only six years. But you can see in his eyes that he's going to be a chemist one day. He's a winner. Flash forward, November 30th, 1901. John Francis Queenie founds Monsanto Chemical Works uh basically this motherfucker uh worked his way up through uh, an internal company uh this is back when you could actually kind of do that sometimes this is like proto-corporatism uh in a post-industrial america uh that was like post-reconstruction everything was fucked shit was fucked everything was fucked um but john francis queenie uh basically became a self-taught uh chemist kind of yeah good Um, for him he was not really a chemist himself, but was always in management positions. Um, he was the dude that told the chemists what to do. He, he understood yeah. he understood like marketability and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. So um, 1901, Monsanto Chemical Works is founded as like this tiny little operation with him and one other guy. Um, they start selling um, chemicals to the Meyer Brothers Company, which is like a chemical manufacturer slash uh, distributor. Um, and, uh, Monsanto would actually get so much business that they were able to like stop working for the Meyer brothers company. And they would, uh, start producing saccharin, which is a, a sweetener. Basically it was kind of like simple syrup almost. Hmm. Um, at, at the time, Germany was the lead producer of saccharin and Monsanto actually, uh, offered a better option because Americans love sweet shit. And uh, it was way cheaper to buy it locally than it was to get it shipped across the fucking ocean in the early 1900s. Um, so Monsanto gra- like grabbed this big chunk of the market uh, that was otherwise you know, only available overseas. They did a great job uh, business-wise. Uh, and that is the last time I will pay them a compliment in this segment. 
So John Francis Queenie in 1928, um, he retires from Monsanto because he's been getting he's uh, he's battling cancer, which will become uh, pretty ironic pretty soon. Um, he's succeeded by his son, uh, Edgar Queenie. Um, now, that's in 1928. People may be asking Queenie, Edgar, John Francis. These names don't sound Iberian. Why is the name of the company Monsanto? Well, John Francis Queenie married a Spanish immigrant. Her name was, uh, I believe it was Maria Mendez Monsanto. Hmm. Uh, okay. It was definitely Mendez, Mendez Monsanto. I don't remember her first name. But <laughs> a lot of – so while I was doing research for this segment – I came across a lot of, uh, ironically enough, Nazi conspiracy websites. Um, that's part of the reason we're not doing a whole episode on Monsanto, because it's pretty well-trodden ground in the conspiracy theory community. Yeah. Uh, now, I don't want to say uh, – I'm not going to give you the names of the websites, because I don't want them to get foot traffic. They already got me. Um, <laughs> and it's all bullshit anyway. But – the prevailing conspiracy theory, just so you know it, so when you hear somebody say it, you can catch the dog whistle, and uh, whatever you do from that point, that information, I am not liable for. Is it, um, is it jet fuel doesn't burn hot enough to melt steel beams? It bends them, it bends them. There's an angry metallurgist on YouTube that proved a whole thing about it, and I watched that video, and he's right. It bends structurally. It structurally, it bends. Um, <laughs> <laughs> apparently, according to these websites... Um, the Spanish woman is Jewish, and because because according to Jewish the Jewish faith, you're not actually Jewish unless you can trace your lineage matrilineally, which is true. That is that is that is part of it. Um, that the Monsanto is a a Jewish owned and operated business is the way I will put it, not the way they put it on that website. Oh, like the media. And that he only said a third of it. It doesn't count. Oh, my! thank God. Hey, you guys can't keep telling me to research. I will fucking literally cut every piece of your audio out of every podcast we've recorded (laughs) and redo it myself. (laughs) Oh, get me out of this. there's, There's a conspiracy theory that that Monsanto is is a Zionist front for globalism and maybe cultural marxism and maybe the reptilian agenda and the new world order yes please keep saying words like that colin i know i know it it, it's 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 nice it's like getting a massage for your brain and by that i mean it smooths out all the wrinkles and turns you into a marble brain slack jawed fucking idiot uh please make me a marble brain slack jawed idiot that's all i want couldn't even get through that sentence all right so john francis queenie the founder retires in 1928 Sick from cancer, ironically, but you don't know why yet. He's succeeded by his son, Edgar, who is equally as ironically uh, called a prominent conservationist. And there's actually multiple major documentaries where he is interviewed because he wrote a book about uh, fucking birds in flight like a fucking idiot. So in 1929, one share of Monsanto stock 
was the equivalent of $35,000 today. Holy fuck. One share, $35,000. Edgar would serve in the capacity of president until 1943 when he was elected chairman of the board. For those of you who don't know, chairman of the board is actually a lot higher than president because the president still has to fucking obey what the board of investors wants. And being chairman of the board means you're in control of all those fuckers too. So Monsanto uh, quickly gets uh, from just producing saccharin. They, they're producing all these different uh, chemicals. One of them uh, would be a herbicide known as Roundup, which we're going to cover uh, pretty uh, thoroughly in the next episode. But just remember the word Roundup because uh, it's going to haunt your fucking dreams. Not to be confused with Round House Kick. Which Patrick Swayze did a lot of in Roadhouse. I was about to say that no one, no one is safe, no one is house. Roadhouse. No one is, no one is road, no one is house. Roadhouse. Great movie. Great movie. Great, Patrick great Swayze. Film. Phenomenal. Love the Swayze. By 1958, uh, Monsanto would grow to have 857 million in assets, and it would have 30 production plants across the globe. It's weird that they have so much money in 1958 almost like they're about to get a huge illicit government contract that's crazy to say though in 1960 1962 years later charles allen thomas becomes chairman of the board he'd worked as a, a chemist with monsanto from 1926 to 1942 uh funny enough charles allen thomas also a highly prominent member of the manhattan project no. He, he would go on to help establish multiple federal agencies. Uh, I think he ended up establishing the, uh, what was it, the Federal Academy of Engineering. Um, it was, dude, okay, there, I know it's like a leftist trope to say this guy's an asset, this guy's an asset, this is an op, that's an op, this guy's an asset. This motherfucker's an asset, Okay. <laughs> Fucking Oppenheimer drank himself to death for the rest of his life because he was horrified with the destructive capability of the thing he created. This motherfucker went, mm, what a delightful thing to put on my resume. What a fucking op. Yeah, Oppenheimer is literally like, I have become death. Destroyer yeah. of worlds. And then and this, continued this to guy's like, himself. should I put it in the should I put it in the cover letter too? I'm really proud. Fuck you, Charles Allen Thomas. I'm glad you're fucking worm food. I wish you were alive so you could kill yourself. I can say that he's dead. You know what? All right. Fair enough. Keeping that part in. Yeah. We don't have to bleep that out. Thank you. So this motherfucker, he, he would he would urge uh, the, uh, the politician to end up going to found DARPA. He was part of the group that convinced him to found DARPA. He, this, he's got a lot of fingers, a lot of pies. And the biggest, fattest, warmest pie of them all is Monsanto. So he's chairman of the board in 1960. He'd be chairman of the board, uh, strangely enough, until like 1969. I don't know what happened in the interim. Uh, oh, wait, I do. In 1962, Agent Orange is officially deployed by the f- goddamn American military. In where, Colin? In fucking... Don't, 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 don't. Is that Jimi Hendrix? Don't, 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 don't. <laughs> fucking vietnam it's in vietnam it's part of uh operation ranch hand no shit what they called it it was part of a a strategy that they would carry out all across fucking asia all across latin america where these fucking 
planes would fly real low and they would spread fucking herbicides all over the fucking jungle. Because that was the thing with Vietnam that America hadn't like thought about even for a goddamn second because they were still smelling their own fucking farts over World War II even though they just got their, their dicks nailed to the floor in Korea. They didn't think about the fact that it's really hard to shoot somebody if there's about, you know, a hundred tons of foliage between you and that guy. They're in the trees. They're in the, they're literally in the trees. And so instead of, you know, getting out of a disastrous war for empire that it would only, you know, immiserate millions of people and kill millions more, uh, they decided to go, well, clearly the jungle's the problem here, not the fact that we're here at all. And they decided to pour fucking chemicals over countless fucking acres of jungle. Um, really indiscriminately covering villages, covering their own fucking servicemen a lot of the times too. Uh, it's almost like it's so fucking evil and cruel and stupid that it just indiscriminately damages people. But you see, Colin, is what you're not thinking about here is it's an herbicide it doesn't hurt people. I'm going to get into that when we talk about Roundup next episode. But <laughs> you're wrong. And you're it's, very wrong. It just hurts plants. So Colin. that's a, so the thing is you know, you can you can uh you can always like say, "Oh, you're overblowing this. You know, it wasn't that bad. You might even want to argue, okay, well, it was that bad, but Monsanto didn't know what they're doing. Uh, it's literally called fucking Agent Orange, which is a, a name coined by the federal government. They knew exactly what they were doing. They knew exactly what it was being used for. Not going to lie. they didn't really give a fuck because they're getting a fat fucking check in their back pocket. Pretty cool name. It, it honestly yeah, is pretty cool. That's a, it's a pretty cool You got to give them that one. Yeah. Better than Agent Green, which was one of the other ones. Agent um, Green. I just got a fucking bag of that the other day. Fucking legalize it. That's what I'm saying. Legalize it. Don't criticize it. Uh, but basically, uh, turns out that spraying chemicals over an entire country and its people and your people uh, has consequences. There are consequences for your actions, right? And so we're going to have the links in the show notes. I greatly, uh, greatly encourage you to look into it. Uh, I know a lot of times it, it's hard to empathize with people who aren't from your own country um, because, you know, the culture is so different and they speak a different language and you have your own built in fucked up prejudices because you're raised in an unequal fucked up prejudice system. So let me start with how it hurt Americans. Uh, and then I'm going to work work your empathy out to the rest of the world. Yeah, but also, if you can't feel empathy for people uh, outside of your country, uh, fuck you sincerely. Yeah, f sincerely eat, eat shit and die. Yeah, and please, but, please don't listen to our podcast. I would, I would uh, Please don't it. listen to your pod, our podcast. But if you listen to it and you feel something change or you feel something different, or even if you don't dis even if you disagree with a lot of our opinions, but you want to be informed, that's fine. OK, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. We're just and, asking and you to take take some little nuggets from what we're take saying. Take some nuggets. Take 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 what take what you need. Leave what you don't. Yeah, just we're just like, it's we're just like QAnon, okay? We're like an old no, country no, buffet. Not, I'm not even gonna <laughs> theoretically let you draw that line. Yeah, I would also disagree. We're not like QAnon. Do your own research. Uh, don't trust the media. Trust the plan. Off. Trust the fuck plan. Off. Trust so, the plan. So, uh, thousands of American servicemen were exposed to Agent Orange. Whether 
while they were flying the planes or dispensing it from the planes or loading it into the planes or loading it off of the planes, a bunch or of people fucking exposed, it. right? Or manufacturing it, which was also happening. So a lot of people um, – a lot of people were exposed and a lot of them didn't necessarily develop um, health issues regarding it. Um, some did. Some did immediately. Um, some not, not for decades, and some remained remained asymptomatic until the day they died and appeared to die of natural causes. It's really a mixed bag. <sighs> yeah, it's the same thing it, with those nine eleven firefighters looks, that just were literally breathing in poison, and yeah. then, yeah. So it looks uh, the numbers uh, reported by the military are. Uh, about 668,000 Vietnam veterans were possibly exposed to Agent Orange. Holy fuck. Yeah, almost like all of them. That's That's a lot of them. Um, Now, the VA, the Veterans Veterans Affairs, which is, if you don't know, the federal agency that deals with everything regarding veterans from home loans to health care. The they VA, got some great bars too. They, oh, dude, you you want to you want to get drunk, and you want to you want to smell like the inside of an ashtray somebody pissed in. Go to a fucking go to a VA hall. It's fun. <laughs> oh, so basically, for decades after Vietnam, veterans started reporting. That some of their children were being born with birth defects. Now, now in this segment, we're going to talk a lot about disabilities. I want to make it clear. If you have a disability or you are disabled in some way, that doesn't make you any less of a person. It doesn't make you unable to do things. It doesn't make you – it's not a preventative thing. No. It usually makes you a better person. Because at least in some way you can – empathize with other people's hardships now we're going to be speaking with negative language about disabilities not because we think people who have them are worse or their character is less but because these people more so than and i would say very much more so than a person who comes about a disability through family history genetics or genetics and just the random fucking lottery of being born these people are victims of a crime yeah the way that in the way that other disabled folks aren't yeah this was entirely preventable exactly and not just entirely preventable was criminally negligent exactly exactly so after decades and decades of research right which was some would say suppressed to an extent uh some would be me uh, by the VA um, because it was – it's very difficult. I don't i don't know if anybody is aware, but I had to fucking read about this for hours, so now you have to know. It's very fucking difficult to tie uh, people who are born with birth defects to specific causes because of how just random a lot of these factors are and that it's hard to pinpoint the exact that's it er factor that causes these. So because of that and because obviously our federal government doesn't want to take care of even the people 
who bought into its bullshit enough to actually, you know, do something about it. The VA makes payments only to the children of Vietnam vets who have spina bifida. Because no. spina bifida, which is a, 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 a disorder in which the spinal cord is developed properly um, while you're within the womb and it degenerates over time. And it's incredibly painful and incredibly fucking horrible to have condition. Yeah, spina bifida is, is horrifying. My ex-girlfriend's sister had spina bifida. And is, she yeah. had to have surgery while she was still in the womb to make sure she didn't die. And then I think by the time she was like 16, she already had like more than you can count on one hand surgeries just to make her able to walk. Yeah. And even then, a lot of times surgery doesn't work or because of the advancement of their condition, uh, it's it's actually a threat to their life to try to operate. Yep. It's it's a very it's a rough fucking hand. It's a rough hand to pull. And the problem is that the hand they pulled was stacked because a lot of these kids, um, most of them, in fact, do not have spina bifida because spina bifida was the only condition that the VA uh, could, quote unquote, conclusively link to Agent uh, Agent Orange exposure. <laughs> now, that was to, to, to men, right? Because they didn't think that men could pass on the contaminant because what people don't understand about Agent Orange and, and some of these chemicals is they don't just – it's not like getting burned. It's not like getting cut where you have a scar, but then if you had a kid, obviously they wouldn't have that scar. It does damage to your cells and specifically your reproductive cells and your reproductive hormones. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yes, it is – it is a severe problem. So it goes like also, as deep as like radiation does almost. It, it, yes. Yeah. Yes, it does. And so wow. for if you were a male serviceman exposed to Agent Orange, they would only make payments for your children's disabilities. They would only give you disability benefits if you had spina bifida. If you were a female Vietnam vet, there was about 18 other diseases which, again, a very small minority of people were the children of fe female Vietnam vets because there weren't a lot of Vietnam, female Vietnam vets relative to men. And they narrowed the pool of all these general conditions of either having missing limbs, extra limbs, or all these – the slew of neurological and physiological disorders these people could have to 18 diseases. So a majority of Vietnam veterans – who are exposed to Agent Orange, whose children would have effects directly because of that, cannot get disability benefits through the VA, even though the federal government, and more specifically the military, is the reason they're like that. And the reason that they have to carry these financial and medical hardships for the rest of their life. Now, again, it, it, being disabled doesn't make your life less valuable but it can make it more difficult than a lot of times does because we don't live in a society that is accessible enough to these people. Yeah. And especially the, the people who are the direct cause of your disability, not saying that it was them, even though it was. Yeah. Basically people lying idea. about it. So the, the federal government 
who bullshit. orders orders and deploys these chemicals built by Monsanto isn't responsible. And f- fuck if Monsanto is going to be health culpable for it. Fuck, of course not. It's because of why not, right? So yeah. I want to I want to end this segment um, with a quote from an article I wrote, or I I didn't fucking write this. I read while I was uh, doing research for this. It's from This Week in Asia from 2019. And so obviously we talked about the astronomical amount of U.S. service people who were exposed to Agent Orange, who were only there for you know a few month rotations or a few year rotations, right? Now I want to talk about the millions of Vietnamese people who are still living with the effects of Agent Orange almost 50 years in, 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 into the future. Because remember, Agent Orange was deployed officially in 1962. So, what? That's 38. We're coming up. We're at fucking, what? 59 years? Yeah. Yep. Since this started and people are still living with it? <laughs> so there's millions of people, right? I want to talk about one family in particular. So when T. Twee, 58, has cared for her severely disabled son, Tran T. Hong, since the day he was born paralyzed 26 years ago. This is, again, written in 2019 on This Week in Asia. I highly recommend you look it up. It is... We'll throw it in the show notes. Yep, fucking link harrowing. will be in the show notes, yeah. It's fucking harrowing. As he writhes in pain... Referring to Tran T. Hong, his body shaking violently, his mother massages, massages him to soothe his convulsions. He has not lived a day free of seizures and bouts of hysteria. God damn it. Tui's four other children are all affected by Agent Orange, too, though not as severely as Hong. But the family cannot afford to seek treatment. I just don't have enough money, said Twee, whose husband is a war veteran. The family of seven survive on a monthly allowance from the government, equivalent to about $43 U.S. <sighs> Environmentalists who are familiar with the situation in Vietnam say that the country could see another six to 12 more generations of Agent Orange victims. Fuck. But there's not a court in the U.S. who thinks that all of these people who have direct links to Agent Orange exposure, who have these highly inflated rates of disabilities in their families, of children being born with birth defects, that's not enough evidence. It's not enough. It doesn't matter that, you know, two families who live together in the same city, who one was exposed to Agent Orange, the other uh, wasn't, have the same amount of kids, and yet 75% of one kid of one family's kids either are missing limbs, have extra limbs, are blind, have organs that were they were born on the out, with outside of their body, who have severe developmental disabilities, who have severe neurological disorders, who are paralyzed. Not enough fucking evidence. They're saying it could go on for over a thousand more years. 
12 generations. For context, there have been, I believe, 400 generations between modern day and the discovery of fire. Fucking Christ. And then in 2018, Bear acquired Monsanto for, I believe, a few hundred billion dollars. It, it, uh, 63? Yes, Six, right 63 under billion. Yeah, uh, because yep. Monsanto was offered 62 in, I believe, 2017, and they turned it down because it wasn't enough. But... <sighs> We will be getting more into Monsanto in the next episode, isn't that right, Colin? Now, um, I, I'm not going to say that this segment is, uh, even jokingly any easier to swallow or any more lighthearted than the previous, um, you know, maybe, I, I don't know where hemophilia sits on your horror scale, but that's what we're going to start talking about is, uh, is hemophilia. Uh, which is not a particularly uncommon disorder, largely genetic and affecting about one in 5,000 male births. Uh, and although my source, the CDC, did not make comment on the rate in female births, it is possible for them to be hemophiliacs, just much less likely. For those of you who don't fully understand what hemophilia is, hemophilia is a blood disorder caused by a, uh, a, a lacking of an, either a protein or an enzyme. I actually didn't mark down what type of cell it is uh, by the name of factor eight, uh, which is what allows your blood to clot. So hemophiliacs just when your body scabs up after you cut yourself and seals up the wound, hemophiliacs do not do that. And that can be incredibly dangerous uh, with outward wounds, uh, yes, but mostly with internal bleeding. Yeah. it's They're like uh, they're like those ladies that don't know where – they don't wear no tampons. They just flee, free bleed. Now, hemophilia isn't a <laughs> disorder. That... Yeah, just keep past it. Just keep past it. Keep moving. <laughs> Hemophilia isn't a disorder that should be underestimated and can cause quite a bit of complications with a multitude of other disorders, diseases, and injuries. And uh, this is including, but of course, not limited to an increased infection rate for HIV inherently. Uh, well, after the 1978 acquisition of Miles Laboratories, Bayer decided that just wasn't enough. The acquisition came with the addition of all of Miles Laboratories' subsidiaries, particularly one, Cutter Laboratories. And uh, for the amount of times that I have written down laboratories in this uh, script for myself, every time I read it in my head, I just hear uh, the voice actress for Dexter's Lab just going, Laboratory. Laboratory. D.D., get out of my laboratory. But you would think... Why'd you if make they... him so French? You made him so French. That's, I didn't say I could do the voice. Did I get out of my laboratory before I try to hump your fromage. You think that if they, uh, they would keep calling these things laboratories, that they would be, I don't know, competent at science? Oh, They're well. good at science. They just don't care about people. Yeah, it's the part that comes after the science that they're really bad at. Uh, now, Cutter Labs is a company that is not unused to incidents of public injury caused by their product. You see, in 1955, Cutter Labs received an early license to produce Jonas Salk's polio vaccine, and in anticipation of this, had begun producing the vaccine en masse. 
Now, supposedly, these were made safely uh, and had gone, uh, you know, undergone rigorous inspection to make their way out to the public. The release of this vaccine happened on April 12th in 1955. By April 27th, Cutter Laboratories had completely recalled their vaccine as it had caused an epidemic of polio in children. Oh, my God. Uh, now, my, my notes have gotten a little, uh, so a you're little fucked me. up as far as my uh, order goes, so I'm just going to kind of have to sort through this as I talk. However, I believe it was something like 120,000 doses of this vaccine went out to the public uh, and were eventually uh, recalled, minus the ones that were used. And uh, I believe those 120,000 doses of the quote-unquote vaccine were just doses of live polio virus. <laughs> so, so what you're telling me, Justin, is that I can directly blame these people for people that don't want to get the COVID vaccine? They're, they're definitely in the same camp. Because because of this company's fuck up, now people think that vaccines are unsafe. I would also argue that Tuskegee Project had a hand in that. Yeah, that definitely me. did. Yeah, but I that would was, say. That was nefarious now, from the start. Now just Bill Gates wants to microchip us, whatever. It beeps every once no, he in a while. No, he doesn't want to microchip shit. us. He wants to sterilize Africans. Which he's already doing. Look it up. Uh... The immediate recipients of this vaccine uh, developed about 40,000 cases of abortive poliomyelitis, um, which is, although there are no minor cases of polio, this is the minor form of polio. Yeah, only um, one leg doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, I'm only bad know, from the ankles down, daddy. That can still work. Most, if not all, of these 40,000 people live their lives with extreme complications such as paralyzed limbs, loss of morbi- mobility, or organ failure because of this. It's it's such a bad fuck-up. It's like if the Snickers factory put the razors in there. That's what it, it feels mm-hmm. like. I, I'm sorry I'm laughing. It's not because I think it's good. But I just think it's fucking crazy. Yeah, you're That's not. Like, you're not you literally had hungry. one job. You had one job: make something that doesn't give people polio, and they did the opposite. Mm-hmm. They're like the Detroit Lions yep. of fucking vaccines. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like it's fourth down and one, right? They're on they're on the fucking one yard line from getting that first down, right? It's fourth down. They end up going for it. Lions, right? You're like, just run it. Just run quarterback sneak, Stafford. Come on, just run the ball right up the middle. Go for it. You can get it. No, and no, no. You know what they do? Shotgun pass. He drops back, gets (laughs) sacked. Game over. Gave the whole other team polio. Yeah, gave the whole other team polio. Way to go, Stafford. (laughs) Thanks, Stafford. Thanks, Matt Stafford. Math. This isn't going to become a sports podcast. I promise. I won't let it happen. Yeah, it absolutely will. Fucking not. Uh, Now, fifty-six people. Among that 120,000 developed paralytic poliomyelitis, which is the extreme paralyzing form of polio. And five of these people died. Fuck. It gets far worse when we take into account the epidemic among the immediate social bubble of the quote unquote immunized children. 
which resulted in another five deaths and the lifelong paralysis of another 113 people. Fucking Christ. At least you get that cool metal robot bed, though. (laughs) That is one hell of a way to describe an iron lung, and I just have to admire your (laughs) stick-to-itiveness. It's like Uh, a mech. It's like a mech, but I get to lay down all the time. It's like a mech, but it doesn't do anything. Uh, It keeps keeps you alive, doesn't it? It's like an Ava, but it's boring. Oh, so it's like an Ava. It's like an Ava, but it doesn't run on children's suffering. Children's suffering is a result. Technically, it relies on children's suffering. Now, despite these undeniable results of their lacking safety inspection and the resulting lawsuits, Cutter continued to expand. After giving 40,000 people polio... It's like a bad comic. It's really fucking funny. Now, fast. I I gotta. I gotta say, fast forward to the early '80s. Justin, it's just like that guy in uh, Sons of Anarchy said, the business guy. It's not about the process. It's about the result. And the results that gave forty thousand people polio. No, that's the process, Colin. That's the process. The result was also polio. Hey, hey, hey. No, the result was more polio. You say I gave I gave forty thousand people polio, right? That's a glass half empty way to look at it. Let's let's think about this way. I didn't give eighty thousand people polio. It's like, hey buddy, guess what? Every day everybody else in the world doesn't give anybody polio. Now, uh, fast forward to the early 80s, uh, after the acquisition of Miles Laboratories and therefore Cutter Labs, uh, a drug by the name of Factor 8 was released. Now, Factor 8 is named after the uh, missing particle of the human body uh, required for that blood coagulation. Uh, And it was released uh, to treat hemophilia and other diseases caused by the lacking of that factor eight. Uh, These treatments were processed from donated blood. Uh, Now, these blood samples, again, despite claims of regulation and safety, ended up in part uh, having a a, a certain contaminant in them. Now, uh, in, in the early 80s, I think this was in 83 uh, or no, I'm sorry. I think this released in in, in 1980 or 1981. Uh, Colin, do you remember what was happening in the I, early 80s? Well, I don't know because Reagan uh, didn't I, say. Wait, wait, wait. Let it. me set the scene for you, Tyler. I remember exactly. Like I was there yesterday. Oh, pour some sugar the, on me came out. It was the early 80s. It was the early 80s. Metallica was huge. Disco was everywhere in the city. Uh, gay people, gay people running wild. Def Leppard, hot. Motley Crue, hot. But did the drummer of Def Leppard had one arm by then, or was he still two I think arms? he still had both. All right. And and running rampant through the streets. Not only was it pyromania hysteria, it was also gay cancer, a.k.a. HIV AIDS, AIDS, AIDS. That's right. A lot of these blood samples uh, ended up being <laughs> HIV positive. Um, oh now, God. again, not to malign anybody who has HIV AIDS. It's uh, perfectly manageable nowadays. Uh, you should get treatment. You should to let your partners know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, it's totally absolutely. Now. This yeah. is this is not to uh, to malign anyone. This is absolutely to point out the negligence uh, of Cutter Labs and therefore Bayer. 
Yeah, but Reagan didn't say anything about it yet, so it didn't actually exist yet. So, oh, yeah, he, he was fucking drooling into a goddamn bowl of oatmeal every morning. Nancy was popping him full of so much fucking cocaine, he was barely able to stand without having a goddamn hard hog in his pants. Yeah, he didn't say a single thing about HIV until his friend died from it. Just yeah. rambling on and on about fucking Star Wars like he's some sort of fucking incel at an anime convention whose name is Colin, and he can't get laid. He's so frustrated. <laughs> he's just jerking off furiously like, I'm a cuck. I'm a cuck. I'm, re- I'm from cucks. I am of cuck stock. Well, Reagan may not have said anything, but the CDC sure as shit did because they noticed a significant uptick in cases of HIV among hemophiliacs, specifically in the early days of the AIDS pandemic. Uh, and this was investigated by the CDC, and by 1983, it was found that these thousands of cases came almost entirely from contaminated blood products, in particular, Factor Eight. After a lengthy legal battle here in the States, Bayer, as the parent company of Cutter Labs, agreed to pay out $660 million to those more than 6,000 people affected by this gross safety violation in 1997. Now, these are the 6,000 people who survived till 1997. And also, doesn't that not include all the people in, like, Southeast Asia and whatnot? Oh, we're getting to that. Okay. Uh, Six years later, in 2003, documents were publicly revealed that states that until 1985, Bayer continued to distribute these untreated blood samples in markets outside of North America, particularly in Southeast Asia. In Uh, fact, only the second worst thing they've done to that region. Yeah. Now, Uh, in fact, Bayer continued to manufacture Factor 8 without any sort of heat treatment for safety for months after the untreated samples were found to be the source of the HIV outbreak. And they attempted to hand wave this away by stating that certain countries didn't trust the blood treated factor eight. Yep. And that's uh, like, uh, just, just for, sorry, go ahead. Uh, just for, uh, you know, a little bit of reference here. Some of the top songs from 2003, uh, bring me to life by Evanescence seven nation army by the white stripes. Ooh, that's a good one. Miss Independent by Kelly Clarkson. Great song. Great song. Are You Gonna Be My Girl by Jet. Ooh, yeah, Jet. That They had that one good album, and then they like just fucking set themselves on fire in public. Oh, like, album. Okay. Song. Song. They no, had no. the one good song. Okay. That's and, not true. They uh fucking, uh, they had the other one, uh, uh, Cold Hard uh, Bitch. Cold Hard Bitch, yeah. Uh, but oh, also, also another song that came out in 2003, Into Club by 50 Cent. Ooh. <laughs> I love that fucking song. Oh, it's a great one. You kidding me? I don't want to sing it because I, I don't want to get hit with a copyright. But you know, yeah, we we should. We're all singing it. We're all singing it. We can we can uh, we can sing it. That's not a copyright strike. We can. It's not. No. Do you want to do you want to do you want to lead us in? To end the club. It's going down. No, it's we're not we're not doing go this. Show. Um, it's your birthday. We go we party, go party like, like it's your birthday. birthday. We no, go we're not doing this. Car, we have to like finish the show. show. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, that was 2003, now, everybody. That's how not long ago it was. As uh, as I was Colin, this many years old. We it is a visual medium. We can't even see how many fingers you're holding up. I wasn't holding up any. They're all in me. Gross. Uh, now, as Colin mentioned, 
the people of Southeast Asia were never given any recompense for this. And we don't even have solid numbers as to how many cases of HIV were caused in Southeast Asia by Cutter Labs and Bayer's negligence. It's like that's on purpose or something. Mm hmm. But that's all I have for Bayer's uh, Bayer's misadventures with the HIV. The HIV. I'm glad you gave it a cute, fun little name. Technically, I didn't. You can blame that one, like most things, on Kevin. Uh, I do love Kevin, though. I do love oh, good we Kevin's need to story. Have Kevin we on. all love Kevin. We need to have Kevin on the show. We're going to keep talking about him. People are going to start requesting him. Yeah, we just need to refer or, to him as friend, or of, friend say, of the show, Kevin. Who the fuck is Ke- fr- friend of the, fr- Father of the pod, Kevin, please. Father, fa- father of, the of the pod, Kevin. He's the pod oh. father. Okay, not, we'll not play Don lie, Corleone though. music when he comes on. Not going to lie, though, Justin, we should have Kevin and Gary on at the same time. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Co- Tyler, we would never, we would never get to any show content. Well, no, that's that's the thing is that would be the content. Uh, maybe maybe as a Patreon we, oh, reward or something. Well, now, we, this we could do like a workplace safety uh, episode where your dad goes through what you should do until the paramedics get there, and Gary tells people what he did instead. <laughs> Are you kidding? My dad doesn't work in the workplace. Didn't didn't he like used to work in like a shop and whatnot? Uh he he does, but he did like engineering and uh, drafting and stuff like that, and project okay, managing. So, yeah, he's he's not really involved with that kind of shit. But oh, I see. He's a he's one of those bourgeois class traders that I've heard. Yeah, yeah like you, Colin. All right, all right, all right. Now, um, are we, are, are we, uh, are, do we have a, a call to action prepared for this episode? Or are we saving uh, not, that for? Oh, we're two? saving we're it. Saving I'm building it up for, for next, next episode. All right. We are, we're going to go ahead and continue stacking our rage ever higher, uh, for like episode two of Bayer slash Monsanto. Uh, this has been Worst in the Industry Pod. Thank you so much for listening. I love you. I love you. Every single one of you that listens. I love you all so much. Yes. Thank thank you for listening. Um, Take it or leave it, honestly. Yep. You can find us on the socials at WittyPod, W-I-T-I-P-O-D. I think we're just on Twitter right now. Yeah, I'm not. None of us are going to give out our personal socials because you're all fucking weird alien people that I don't want to communicate with. Uh, but if you have suggestions for show content uh, or shows that are uh, companies that we should look into, please reach out to us at worst in the industry pod at gmail.com. Oh, 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 or oh, if you are. Uh, if Sorry, go ahead. Tyler. No, I had an idea. So uh, we could have people email us at our email and have them tell us like shitty workplace stories. That's what I was about to say, and we Tyler. Could, we you could read? do an episode. We could do an episode. Actually, about yeah. Email us and tell us how your employer broke OSHA regulation. Tell us about the A-frame ladder that you use at work. Yeah. Tell us about. And we will we will keep you completely anonymous. Obviously, nothing. Tell yes. us about the time that your your boss put you on the forks of a forklift to make you move something. Tell us about the time you ate a sandwich over a deep fat fryer. Yeah, and uh, you know, like, give us something to refer to you as. Like, if you want your name to be Big Johnson or whatever. Otherwise, uh, we're just going to uh, make up nicknames you, based if, on your email. If you don't give us a name, we're going to make up a fun name. If you give us a name that's clearly too stupid for us to say out loud, we will make up a name. If you give us your real full name, we're not going to say that either. You got to hit the sweet spot, okay? Give us like, give us like a name 
that is the same first initial as your name, but distinct. Okay, so don't go from like Stephanie to like Bethany. Go from like Stephanie to like Samantha. Don't call yourself the Gormans. Don't, no, don't do that. Listen, yeah. or if you make it like a fun Gormans. little pun, that would be better. Yeah, and make sure you, you can, make sure you put in there if you're a Patreon subscriber or not, so we know whether to call you a fuck fake fuck face peasant or not. Are Tyler, we, do we actually, even have we the have Patreon a, set up? As of no. recording, we do not have a Patreon. I'm setting it so, up. She's oh, I'm setting it up. Have you set up our fucking LLC yet? No, but we have the money to do it. So oh, we got to incorporate. Yeah, because we we got that donation. Yeah, we, we got, got a, donation. we got that donation from our friend. Should we? We shout, got uh, uh, shout shout outs to our friend JL for a donation. Yep, good old JL. You gave so him the anyway. last initial too. You fucking animal. What's wrong with you? These people don't know our friends. They're literally we give them us we give them our full names. They can look us up. Yeah, well, fucking dox me. I don't give a fuck. We're in the club. Let's go. Actually, yeah, fuck you. Dox me, bitch. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. What are you going to do? Oh, I'm sorry. You're going to tell my employer? They know I'm a scumbag. They didn't drug test me. Yeah, exactly. They fucking know me. I go to work there every day. They hear me talk. All right. Well, uh, on that note, this has once again been worst in the industry. Uh... Thank you all so much for listening. Can't wait to uh, catch you again next time with part two of Bayer slash Monsanto. See you next time. I love you all. Bye. Love you guys. Bye.